Welcome to Get the Goat Podcast. This is Get the Goat Podcast. Stories and lives. What we do, how we do it, and why we do it. This is Get the Goat Podcast. Welcome to the goat. Let's get the goat. Welcome to Get the Goat Podcast. I am John Mark Selig, owner of Goat Training in Edwards, Colorado. Um, I'm joined today with Robbie Prechtel. Becca Cowell and uh, Mark Del Vecchio. Uh, we are missing Barry Davis and Dan Reynolds. They were here for the first edition of the Goat Development. I don't even know what we're going to call this one, but this is just a podcast mainly to the kind inception. of the inception, how we started, like how in the world did we even begin this whole idea of having a gym. Conception. And no. Conception? Conception? No, yeah. No. Uh, inception? Yeah. It's yeah. Inception. inception. No, it works. <laughs> This is great. I'm just glad you this said is that. Actually, this is actually the way it should have been. Because yeah. by now, no one else would have actually spoken in the last podcast. That's because you had a 45-minute monologue telling us <laughs> all of the things that we were going to ask you. And <laughs> there was no conversation. It was, it, was really, it was really bad. I apologize to everybody. And I'm glad all of you people that are actually listening to this one never will hear that one. So that is a fact. I will not release that copy. (laughs) That's a good plan. Um, And so we sat down and I think I, you know, I had some eye issues. I was definitely not in a good headspace. I mean, really, Dan kind of makes me mad in general. So that kind of threw me off, too. I'm kidding. He makes everyone mad. Yeah. It's fine. He, well, he's an attorney. He loves Justin Bieber. Yes. He what does. more can you ask for? <laughs> yes, exactly right. And so um, I was just off my game. And to so be honest. So let's, let's not have a monologue. Let's move to the meat and potatoes <laughs> yeah. of this episode. So I'll get to kind of what the reason that that happened. And the reason that that happened is that I had all these ideas that I wanted to say. And instead, I just want to talk with you guys because I we know I know I, I I because this one makes me a little bit nervous because we're out in the open like this is going to be in a podcast people can listen to it they're like what's this goat training oh they have a podcast crazy let's go look at it let's check it out and then all of a sudden um I say some things that yeah you have that, you have to hold true to what you. Say. Well, you don't I mean, have to hold true, but people develop an opinion or something based upon that. Well, and, and the hard part is, is that I think the reality is that no matter what, the more that I learn, and we kind of talked about this earlier, the more that I learn, the less that I feel like that I know. And I a, is that cliche? I think it, is that a cliche? I don't know. Is it, do people say that? It's yes. fine. I think cliche... Clichés are like stereotypes. They're there because at some point they were true. Yeah, and but it's <laughs> Bob. But but I but I struggle but I struggle with like this idea that um I might say something tonight and then next week I might have a slightly different opinion about it. And that's why I would love to have the conversation and talk about it rather than it being like, "Hey, here's a complete um, dissertation on John Mark's approach to training and why he even did this. So 
Well, I think when you say that, John Mark, you're talking about the evolution of your programming and the evolution yeah. of what you've what you've done in the last three years. It's supposed to change. So for you to say that, like, yeah, you're going to make changes to what you're doing because you're going to see something that works better for your clients and something that works better for your athletes. And so in this moment, you may feel a certain way and you felt a certain way when you started GOAT. Oh, and yeah. And you know Very that different. that's changed, right? I'll tell you what I don't. Here's Here's what I do know is that I know what doesn't work. I, do, I don't think I know completely. And this was interesting. I was sitting with a client yesterday, and they told me that they were with a health practitioner here in town and that that health practitioner told them that they could fix them. And, Mark, coming from your world, you know, it's... Is making true? making blanketed statements like that are, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I don't know what was happening. What was going on. It doesn't, but but in reality, but is we're talking about broad, like you 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 cannot tell anybody that you can make their that you're going to make them fitter than they've ever been. If they if they're going to tell you that they're going to make you fitter than they've ever been. They can't guarantee that. They can't say that they're going to keep you, keep you injury-free. They can't say that they're going to fix the injury. They're hoping that they can do some of those things. But when you make statements like, you've got the best program, you have all the answers, that's probably, I would steer clear from those you people. You can have a general idea, though, that something is, is beneficial or um, will help alleviate or just from past experience or yeah i mean sure. through that learning thing and which i was just saying like there are things that i definitely know that i would not do again and there's things and approaches that i would i have steered clear from that they have been methods that i thought were really good methods and i saw the results of those methods either from research done beyond just GOAT, but we have close to 200 members that I've been able to watch how things developed. Like I get a testing ground every single day of like, you know, almost a hundred people on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I get to see what works and what doesn't work. It's your own little science. It, I mean, it re I mean, it really is. And so it's interesting. Um, you know, you can, there are, there is research, which research is amazing. And we get to see a lot of that stuff, but I get to see that in practice too. And some of the research, you know, that is done, it's not like they're just in like some al alternative world doing these tests, but they're, they're working with real patients yeah, and real people. They're actually in the real world. <laughs> um, but, but the way that they're doing things might be a little bit different than, you know, a client or a gym member. That's yeah, because they're Vail, trying to Colorado. figure out, they're trying to have, uh, why can't I think of like a baseline group and then an yeah. experimental group where you, well, you like bring a, together the, the two and you find out what works. Whereas as a client, you're just trying to get things that make them better. You don't want to see anybody. And the hardest part is that we, we really at our gym, this is not your normal town. If I lived in a city... I don't know what my programming would look like. I don't know what my clientele would look like. But we are working with people that are mountain people trying to get as fit as possible and trying to figure out 
how can they continue to do the things that they love to do? So I think in, in one sentence, what you do, you don't make promises, but you can make people stronger. And by making people stronger, you know, for example, you talk about it. So Sunny talks about her back. She's always going to have a bad back. She's yeah. a perfect example of you saying, yeah, you have a bad back. We're going to make you have a strong bad back. So it's the same thing. Anyone that's, you can promise strength. That's what you can promise. And that's huge. Yeah. Because that's going to pe- keep people going. And you can promise motivation. Like that is one thing that I've seen going yeah. to go is people are motivated there, whether it's by other people, by you, um, but it goes back to that whole community of like, we can get you stronger and we can get you motivated to come. For and sure. Do things. And there's something to be said. And there's a, though there will be a continuing thread throughout the podcast um, that we do in every single episode that it will continue to come back to community. And I think um, I, sure, getting people fit is great. Getting people stronger is great. But Laura and I have continued to pick jobs and pick roles in this world that um, that we really do desire to have a larger effect than just getting someone to look better, feel better. I want them to actually like – I want to figure out a deeper meaning to why they are showing up at our gym. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we should probably take yeah, a step get, back. Yeah. Let's take a step back and go, go back to the origin of goat, which I believe was manic or maybe well, it goes back further than that. So it's really interesting. Like, I mean, I mean, in reality, we, Laura and I had been in the fitness world for a long time. Um, I went from everything from Laura was a personal trainer. I was a spin instructor. I was, a I was a yoga instructor even. I mean, it was like... Did you do jazzercise too? I did. It was pretty embarrassing, to be honest, on multiple levels. No, that's the best way to go about it. Try it all. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, but I I think there was this... there. So I was an athlete. Um, I was going to go play some D2 school, like play play some sports at D2 schools, and then just decided I want to go to Baylor and just have a good college experience instead. And then I just loved sports and I had that missing. Like I was done with college. I, you know, did all the intramurals possible. And, um, but then I left college and I just, there was just this missing, this big gap. And so, um, we started getting into the fitness world and, um, moved up here and obviously became a raft guide, owned a rafting company and kind of stayed in the fitness world a little bit. And, um, I mainly just the rafting culture, um, and what was going on, the stress of having a rafting company became something that was just way too much. Um, and it wasn't even taking somebody out on a rafting trip, like a class five rafting trip. Like I didn't really worry about someone dying like on Gore Canyon. I honestly I worry didn't. about that. I know you I do every there. single time. So Robbie and I, if you don't know, Robbie and I are both on the U.S. men's rafting team, and uh, and and Gore Canyon and, is scary. <laughs> Gore Canyon is a section about an hour and a half away, and it's a class five section that'll um, 
knock yeah. your socks off. It is. It's it's truly Ooh. like uh, top two hardest class five section or raftable sections in the world. But um, so and our company would actually take guests down that section. And I did not worry about that. Um, I worried more about the idea that I'm going to take some guests and drive them to a location. I would wake up at night and worry about the van. I would worry about the bus. He's I would a worry about. I, I mean, not me, because I would never drive. It was a bunch of high school. It was like a bunch of kids outside of high school, and who knows what they were doing the night before. I would wake up terrified. Um, and you're trying to make a bunch of money in a short period of time. You know, you got a, an entire summer. Like, I got to make a bunch of money right now for the entire year. Um, I think you did a good job getting out of the rafting business. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, so the, in in reality, we we real. I knew that I needed to make a big change personally because I was not happy. But we had been a part of Manic, and Beck had been a part of that too. What is and, Manic? So Manic was. How, how would you explain Manic, Becca? Becca? In, well, in just your words. In my words. Um, I would explain it as uh, high-intensity interval training with some focus on weights. So it's, it's, it was always really high-intensity. Um, and it was three days a week. It was structured three days a week. It was an hour each time. And it was bell to bell like an hour you were in there for an hour and then you're out so you're trying to get as much done in that hour as you could um and there wasn't a lot of focus on uh there wasn't a method behind the madness it was just madness it was it's the it actual was, name it's called manic yeah it was just there was no method behind and it was the it, it was using i mean the amount of movements that we did we used in one day 69 movements <laughs> per class <laughs> And yeah. we did 469 reps of but, one thing per class. But the beautiful thing is, I mean, we, we saw we saw ourselves. Shit. We saw other people. We saw people get incredibly fit cardiovascularly. Um, it was, we saw the element of this community piece where people were connected and they were working hard together. And there was this – and there was a little bit of element of competition where you want to keep up with somebody else in a positive manner for the most part. Were but, there a lot of followers there, or was it, was it like transient? Who who showed up to Manic? It was a it was, yes. It was doing pretty well. I, I'd say there's probably like a hundred, probably a hundred people, something like that. How many carried over? I'd say about 50, 60 of those. Yeah. So, yeah. So how so did that we, whole thing come about? Well, how did you move? It, from- it just to be honest, if you cannot. You can't maintain yourself financially and you can't maintain a gym with just, you know, 70 to 100 people. And so they were to be the coach. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it has to be something that where so and so in reality, like it just couldn't sustain itself. So then they were going to shut down. So we offered to buy the equipment and I was ready to make a big change. And um, it was pretty terrifying. But we we kind of wondered, like, what would it look like? Um, to, to take some of the elements of what was going on there and, but just be maybe a little bit smarter with it. And because what was happening is that we were doing a lot of the programming there and I couldn't, I was beat down. People were getting, there was just so much repetition. There was a lot of movements that you were doing. Um, but we didn't, 
we didn't really, and I didn't really know what that looked like in that first year. It was kind of just like manic 2.0, to be honest, because I didn't know what to do. Becca and I ended up going to a CrossFit cert. Um, and we'd had some other cert, small certs and things like that, but... Um, before GOAT. Yeah, before... Well, yeah, before GOAT. But so, I think, though, it's important for you to, to say that, you know, the whole reason why you wanted to go to cross, CrossFit was because you were thinking in terms of, okay, there's no real method to the madness here. How are we measuring things? How are we seeing if people are getting stronger? How are we, are we seeing people getting better cardiovascularly? Like, we're not measuring this. We're not seeing that. You guys were Yeah, because like, then a really hit workout, if, it's, if every single workout is just incredibly hard and you're just crushing yourself and you're doing, like, full bore all the time, all you're doing in reality is you're just burning a lot of calories. You don't know if you're actually getting any better or if you're getting any stronger or if you're, you don't have anything to see measurably. And, and, and I wanted to know, okay, I feel like I'm really working hard, but it actually could be because I'm just fatigued from the last workout. And I feel like I'm working harder than the last time. I'm just more fatigued from the last one. I'm just more fatigued. So then it just stacks on top of each other. So you don't really know. There was nothing to measure to look over a long term. Like, is this sustainable? And so I wanted to see something that's a little bit more sustainable long term because I didn't want to just be in a gym all the time. And gyms are great, but it can't be the end all be all. And that's not what this culture is. If we lived in a city, maybe. But so what was the impetus for goat? Yeah, that's Becca's word. You should that word. <laughs> I even have it. You got to steal things sometimes. Okay. I did write it down. Uh, so, so, in, I mean, in, I mean, so yeah. goat. I mean, yeah. go, we, we started to try to start to figure out what we were going to do. Becca and I went and did a CrossFit and, and then Laura, um, went the strong first route because we used a lot of kettlebells. I mean, we were like kettlebell people, but it was pretty scary watching <laughs> some things and now looking back at how we actually did things. Uh, I mean, and so Laura became like this strong first guru. I mean, she was like in, she's standing right over here. So she's yeah, talking she's about me. She's hiding. <laughs> and, uh, and so Laura became like this, um, she wanted to know how do I use these things because she just she she's not satisfied with things that are not done well and done perfectly, um, and so so she's like okay I'm gonna go learn how to do this and she just kind of climbed up and took her level one level two then she ended up doing her lifting cert and once she started doing her lifting cert um, with barbells um, I was like okay we've gone from CrossFit to quite a few strong first. Um, certifications and we're, we're learning and we're continuing to, to learn the best methods um, and trying to spend the time with the people that we feel like are the best in the strength and conditioning culture. There is, you can spend a lot of time and a lot of money on a lot of junk. And we were like trying to pick and choose the ones. Like junk reps? <laughs> like junk reps. And, and we did a lot of junk reps. Um, and we were trying to figure out, okay, who, who do we want to align ourselves with and work with to try to hone in exactly who we want to be? And so we are like, oh, those people seem like they've got it. And we took something from them and learned something from what they were doing. Impetus. 
I mean, I would imagine in the PT world, same deal. I mean, you... Yeah, you, you know, you spend, you know, for PT anyways, you spend three years in school and you take a whole bunch from there and you go do your con ed and other certifications and you take a little bit from here, a little bit from there and you kind of develop your own style, which is sort of what you guys have done and gone from the manic route and kind of started off with them about basically just beating you into the ground and then said this really isn't working and kind of you know just kind of thinking about it and taking different like you just said we've learned and and i think we've learned something incredible from each different avenue that we've you know that we've gone through um and we've tried to sift through the things that probably are not the best and then you know we ended up spending a lot of time with jim jones and i would say probably of all the of everything that we've done, probably Jim Jones had the biggest impact um, on us because they got the piece of community and the psychological aspect. And that is probably the most transferable piece to mountain athletes. And that was kind of built out of Mark Twight, who kind of start, who started Jim Jones and, uh, you know, began kind of the idea that um, the mind is primary. Like, we've got to figure out, um, because I have people all the time that want to quit, they want to stop, and you guys see it all the time, right? I mean, yes. I mean, and it's, it's, it's like this, we've got to get past some things, and we've got to get past some egos, and we've got to get, I mean, it, it's hard enough just walking in the gym. People have taken a big step. Like they're going to walk in and they obviously, if they're going to walk in, they've got some deficiencies. They've got some things that they need to work on and they're trying to figure out, okay, how do I work on these deficiencies? This place might be able to help me. And so some, and some, and some points they're kind of like mentally beat down too. Like they feel like they can't do their sport anymore. They can't do what they used to do. Um, So we're going to meet them where they are. And I think that was the piece that Jim Jones kind of helped us kind of look at. Um, And then as far as where we're continuing to move is just being smarter with looking at the research and the, the true, like the guys that are smart, way smarter than any of us. And Jordan Feigenbaum, Dr. Jordan Feigenbaum is my coach. Um, so we went with starting strength and did a lot of stuff with them and starting strength, um, is with Mark Ripito and he's had a huge impact on the start on the strength and conditioning world. Probably one of the, you know, there's about five different guys that are. What is his focus? Um, his have a specific, well, so I would say his focus is actually, if I was probably to really think about it, he, his focus is purely just best way to lift and the best way to get strong. He doesn't like cardio at all. <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, it's like cardio is like, I walked away from that sort of like, uh, like that weekend seminar weekend certification. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, and this, have you guys heard this story about me going to this cert? No, this is awesome. I had no uh, idea. I might have heard part of this. Yeah, I have. I've had no experience in starting strength. 
And I've just been, I've done probably like 15 certs at this point. And I'm like, oh, I'll go to starting strength and I'll go, you know, it's just another cert. No big deal. And uh, Mark Ripto's this guy that talks like this. He's from Texas, and he's from my parts. So I was like, I'm going to connect. Rips. Yeah. <laughs> he's the, junk reps. Yeah. And, uh, and I go to the certification, and I was like, he talked everybody out of doing the certification, except for me, because I'm like this arrogant guy, like thinking, I'm a really good coach. I could teach people. I could teach anybody to do something. So just teach me what it is and I'll, I mean, it's fine. Like no big deal. Like total arrogant guy. So I go to the certification and there's three of us out of like 60 people. And, uh, because he said, you will not pass to everybody. He's like, if you come to my certification. What was his basis for Seem like that. Yeah, it's like zero yeah, percent. Right. right. I don't so think we're here the, to talk about this. And, and I would love. I want to say the rate, the rate of like passing a starting strength. Uh, it's harder like, than being a Navy SEAL. So Jordan Feigenbaum actually said. Has anybody cert, passed? Jordan. Yeah, there's lots of people. There's like there's like sixty coaches now or hundred coaches now. Okay. Jordan Feigenbaum said that. Uh, <laughs> he actually said his dissertation on anatomy was hard, was easier than his than him passing the starting strength certification, which is just like so. I'm sitting there. And so did you pass? <laughs> so I passed two parts out of three. I yeah, and I was like, and I was like, well, cool. I'm out. Like, I'm not going to do that again and waste my money. But no, it was great. It was, it was like a, it was such a, I just don't, I don't need to get the certification for our gym. I learned. You just need the education. I need the education. And I learned an insane amount, insane amount. I mean, it was like the amount of, of tidbits that I was able to get to actually teach people how to lift. And I walked away from it. And I, and Becca, we talked about this last time is this idea. And let's talk about that. Like I come back from a cert and I'm like, Oh yeah. And then me and Becca and Laura will sit at this exact same table, which I love that we're sitting at this table. And then and Laura and I will just <laughs> look at each other across the table and go, Oh shit! What is he doing now? <laughs> Somebody what are we getting ourselves into. You gotta but have. We're gonna ride out the storm. We're gonna do this. We trust him. He can do it. But we're like, well, oh. Man. You have to have someone pumping the brakes. You can't just be on the gas the whole the time. <laughs> Laura pumps the brakes. Well, that's why we have her sitting back there monitoring our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, actually, if you think about it, the people that I typically surround myself with. Or keep me in check, which is really good because, um, so I come back and I'm like, guys, these lifts, <laughs> the deadlift squat press and bench press are the greatest lifts of all time. We're only going to do those. No, we didn't. I didn't go that extreme. Um, I wanted to, um, yes, I wanted, <laughs> what other lifts have we done in the last year? No, 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 no. I'm saying, but that was all I literally, I was going to get rid of all cardio and say that you should just do your sport for your cardio. Yeah, like if you want if you want if you want to be fit, go ski. Like go bike, go run, and then just come in here and lift and I don't care what you do. Like go do whatever you're going to do. 
So I agree with that. I think getting no one's going to get do anything poorly by being strong. Right. Which so I'm glad you didn't throw out everything. But at the same time, I think from a business model, you would have lost a lot of people. Right, exactly. From a business but but in reality, we would have missed out on the community piece. We would have missed out on like there's something there's something special about like I can't just go out very often and work near as hard doing intervals. If I'm in that gym, like I'm going to be able to actually work significantly harder a lot of times because I'm motivated by other people. Right. And when you're next to somebody on the rower that's doing whatever, the bike or skier, you're going to be, you're going to push a little bit harder. But if you're just biking up the road, like, eh, I'm not feeling it today. Right. So, and, and that's, and that, that would have been a major travesty to what, like, to the aspect of, of what we ended up becoming. Um, and yeah, so let, where did it go from Manic? So we kind of went from Manic and then we jumped into where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. Going, going to, a some certifications and we kind of covered some of those, but how did goat end up? What made you change? From, yeah. Switch from gears. Manic 2.0 to where yeah. we are now. So we saw that um, we we weren't measuring things correctly and we weren't able to see people progress. And and to be honest, I and I say this all the time in the gym, I I miss I'm when people PR and when people like hit like an 8 minute PR on the rower, or I see them, um, like have like a one out of an eight that looks just perfect. And it's like a 20 pound PR from where they were before. I, I get joy. And to be honest, in some ways, I wanted to start tracking things because I wanted people to get better for themselves, but also for me doing is this working you know yeah if you're not getting stronger if you're not getting faster on the machines if you're not getting faster like if you you know bike up lee's way for example and or whatever the right thing is if you know you're you're looking at that and if you get there faster then you can't you have something you're saying well, whatever the other, Weiss's yeah. way or whatever the other right. things are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Going up there in Avon. <clears throat> Julia you know, Littman would talk about going down Lee's way. Oh, yeah. Is she a big downhill person? Oh, yeah. What about Marty? I saw Marty Unbelie- rip a bike did? down yeah. Lee's way. <laughs> I was like, Mar- damn, Marty. <laughs> Marty is really good. Yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, it's nice to have where, like, I only went to Manic maybe a handful of times, right. mainly because I was wasn't here for a while. And, and you were trying to hook up with I, this cute blonde. I was, yeah. There's a trainer <laughs> there that I really liked, but um, but I also didn't really like the style of Manic. It, it wasn't for me. It yeah. kind of like we talked about. It was just a whole bunch of just do a whole bunch of shit for an hour and so just die. This yeah. hits so on then, a, a thing that I'm interested in hearing, especially from Mark is the caliber of people and those individuals in the gym who have 
background in whether it's physical therapy or weightlifting or professional sports. What do they think the, about goat? Yeah, what do you think about, like, so, what brings you to goat? So I like goat, obviously, for the community aspect, you know, first and foremost. I think it's super fun. Everyone cheers each other on. Everyone's rooting for each hot other. Um, what? The hot blonde. <laughs> the, hot, the hot blonde coach on Saturday mornings. Um, total babe. <laughs> uh, That's Mark's lady. Now I got way. sidetracked. Um, so community aspect and, you know, coming from some personal training and being a PT, like I also like showing up and trusting John, Mark, and Laura to have a good program where I don't need to think about anything. Like I spend all day programming for people at work, and I don't want to do that for myself. And it's nice to just know that, you know, there's a long-term plan in place to get stronger and more fit. Um, yeah. Have you had input from some of these people on, yeah. on like, their opinions? Yeah, so, <clears throat> so what's interesting is we've, we've continued to try to bounce ideas, which off of people like my wife, Becca, Brooke, Katie, Mike. I mean, they, we have the best, most qualified trainers in the Valley. I really do believe that. And because they, um, they, they not only are great people, but they also have continued to assert themselves and continued to educate themselves. So we, we spend an insane amount of money every single year on just Laura and I's certifications or seminars. We send our coaches to go learn from the best. We brought Jordan Feigenbaum and another coach who um, they have been, you know, in the strength and conditioning world and had a huge impact on the strength and conditioning world for a long period of time. And so we've continued to value education. Um, and so people that are in the PT and doctor's world, which, I mean, to be honest, we're bouncing ideas off of Lara's dad all the time. I mean, Lara's dad has been an orthopedist, orthopedist for how many years, Lara? Gosh. Lara, you're on mic. Yeah. You're mic'd up. I mean, I mean forever. How long I mean, have I don't you even know him? if he's... Yeah. <laughs> but I've honestly started using... I don't really talk RPEs with my patients, but I've yeah. started using some of that stuff. Yeah. And well, you know, so with my this would, so, so Mark just brought up RPE like that, that probably was the next. So we realized with starting strength that we want to get people and we want to maximize the amount of time that we have with people. We're like, okay, we need to get them stronger because they're deficient in strength. Like no question. They are deficient in strength more than anything else because either, either by them overuse or of or just neglect or somebody hasn't even lifted anything heavier than their body weight since they were 24 like they're going to build 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 till they're about 24 and then after that point they're going to have tons of sarcopenia so sarcopenia is that they're they as you get older your body's going to start to shut down you're going to lose muscle mass and so we've had tons of people that are coming to us because they're starting to have injuries, they're starting to have issues with either by their sport or by, um, by something else. And so they walk in and we're like, well, 
hate to say it, you're an incredible skier. You're a great biker, but you're really weak. And that's shocking to hear from probably from them and, and probably depressing. and depressing, right? But they've become so efficient at their sport. Like they've become so efficient and good at their sport and they've, their body has just gotten used to that, but they haven't done anything else but that sport for years. And so there's a significant amount of, you know, and imbalances don't necessarily matter, but their bodies started to shut down in other places. So, you know, and so their body is starting to get weak in other locations because they haven't taken care of their full body. And so we knew that we've got to do strength. And we've got to get people to lift. And we feel like that the deadlift, the squat, the bench press, and the press, you're going to get the most bang for your buck within those four lifts. Could we do Olympic lifting? I mean, that's, that's what we get all the time. Everybody, how many times have you guys heard from somebody that, hey, goat, it's an, it's an Olympic. You guys are a CrossFit, right? I, I go back and forth because I like Olympic lifts. I think they're fun. but. I think from yeah, yeah being floor. yeah being on the upstairs uh, level probably isn't the best idea either, <laughs> uh, but just on a physical sense, like I mean, you guys spend so much time just with a squat, deadlift, bench, and a press trying to teach people how to do that correctly. I mean, now you start taking weight, moving it from the floor to overhead. Like, there's a million places that bar can yeah. go, and a million ways to hurt yourself. And at the end of the day, <laughs> like for what we're trying to do here. Like the risk reward right. really isn't there for those lifts right. in particular. And unless you want to be a CrossFitter or an Olympic lifter, I mean, I, I don't. Now, there's a bit of let's have fun. And some people love to do those lifts. And, it, and if it motivates them to, to lift, I know yeah. they're a blast. They are a lot of fun. But most of that is also technique. It, but if you don't, like, but how much time do you have? Do you have to spend so much is, time. Is your weights really max out if you don't have good technique? As right. soon as you get technique, that's and then it's when not really doing weight, much. Then you'll see. Well, I think it does more. I would say if you have good technique and you're starting to move weight. Right, but I'm saying if you don't have good technique, you're going to yeah, plateau. You're so then it's not doing anything. Yeah, anymore. yeah. So and then you have to spend so much time on those Olympic lifts to get your technique better when it's like, and hey, is, if, is this really what you want to do? Like, Realistically, a lot of people who come, from the, come to the gym have their sport that they go and do these explosive movements or whatever it is, right. and that is good enough. It's right. not, you're outside of like, a well, few sports where you're really trying to develop power and explosiveness, like. Well, but but even with racing, that, so let's football. talk about ski racing because we get a lot of people that complain that we don't do a lot of explosive movements before ski but season. Who's ski racing, but at here 40? exactly. <laughs> no one. That, but that's the pro, that's the, the issue. Rumors. If if Zoom. I had if I had a pro skier, like right now, we're talking current. Pro skier. Well, you also programming do. Would be programming notes. would be totally different. And you're doing it for the masses. And they'd have five hours a day. You so know? Can we? I want to back up just for a second and yeah. talk about strength and about your endurance athletes that come in. Yeah. Um, so when you talk about that, the, I know there are a few people that I can think of offhand that have come to your gym that have done some strength training that you have really had to 
forced into that, or not forced into it. They know they need to be strong, but they're yeah. great bikers, or they're great runners, or they're great this. Have those people improved their times? Yeah. From doing strength training, because when we talk about it from like a fitness standpoint, it's all about being specific to your sport. It's all about like training specifically. I can't pronounce the word. You know what word I'm talking about? Specificity. Yes. So when you have strength training, I can think, like I said, three people off the top of my head that I know that have come to the gym to feel better and stronger and they've gone out and done better. Yeah. Yes, for sure. There's, there's significant amount of people that have gotten better. I think part of it, one is psychologically. If you feel stronger, that has an unbelievable amount of effect. And I think the psychological aspect is bigger than we realize. Second part is structure to the body. Um, there is a high likelihood that if they have more structure to the body, that they will be able to be more resilient throughout the season and throughout the bike season. And what I mean by that is, yeah, or running or whatever, whatever the sport is. Um, and when I mean by resilient, I don't, we can't control a lot of injuries and things that are going to happen. Like I would never promise someone that they can, they're going to be injury free by coming and being stronger. It's just not, that's not reality. Is there um, research to kind of rebut that or no? Cause I, there, you know, there's things where like the FMS testing, functional movement screen testing, they have some numbers that, you know, you're more or less likely to get injured and all this, but a lot of that really isn't proving greatly yeah it's not shown so. in the research the research not no eh. i mean there is some out there that says some you know it kind of goes both ways and they can't they, but the thing is they can't they can't necessarily like pinpoint exactly yeah so which the psychological aspect if somebody feels incredibly stronger they're probably gonna like they're probably gonna move better they're probably gonna perform better they're probably going to do a little bit better and so there might be um an injury preventive aspect to that other side if you're messed up in your head and you're stressed you're freaked out you're going to be thinking about all the aches and pains all the time like it happens every fall every spring at our gym it is crazy. As soon as people don't have their sport anymore and they're transitioning to the next season, everybody comes in and they start talking about, and people start talking about their injuries. They start talking about their issues. They start talking about this. And it's really interesting to see that transition from season to season because the mud season and everybody that's lived in the mountains, you guys know it's a depressing time because you can't do it's the my thing. Favorite. It's your favorite, Bob? Yes. Really? Well, there's I less people here. It's crazy. <laughs> I love mud season. It's so calm. It's I love so mud season. Yeah, <laughs> I love money. mud season for other I reasons. I'm dirty. How <laughs> much I smell if I'm dirty. Yeah. So, I mean, but in reality, we we start to see this influx because people aren't distracted. Like, if you're injured, but it's something you love to do, you're going to keep on doing it, and then not till and and you guys see this at at. Howard Head. Oh, I mean, as soon as the season ends, everybody's like, oh, I should probably have surgery now. 
right? Yeah. And then the, get into an insurance conversation too. But. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah, you know, people wait. You know, you kind of wait. Like if you know, you get something minor, you'll wait till maybe you're gonna push March of ski season. You're like, all right, I can deal with the last month of ski season. Mm-hmm. I want to miss the bike season or. You know, you wait till September, early October, and be like, all right, I'll take care of this now. I'll be good by Christmas or New Year's so I don't miss the whole ski season. And, right. You know, people do funny things. Um, Let's talk about the people that you lost when you let, when we. Yeah, we changed. lost a lot of people because. And let's talk about the critics of GOAT. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, let's start with the people we lost. Um, we lost a lot of people because I think originally I wanted to measure things and I wanted to, and I took the wrong approach because I wanted to measure things and then people felt like they were comparing themselves to others all the time. Um, so the whole idea of measuring things kind of flipped itself on its head. Um, what is the point of measuring things? Measuring is just to know that you're actually improving. Um, but also, it's just a number. Like in reality, like so I was that how it was posed when you first started? No, and so definitely you, not. Yeah, it was like, hey, here's a two thousand meter row. Here's the standard. You better crush it. John Mark used to say to me when I'd come in, "Oh, so and so did this. So this is what you have to do." <laughs> because or Becca's a freak. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Becca is an absolute freak. Were you trying to get her to quit? No, <laughs> because I was like, no, and. What's funny is like because there are certain times where Becca will work hard, and certain times where she's like, "Nope." <laughs> and that's, we're all like that. Though. Exactly. There's some I don't know, days, John Mark. Months, you weeks, work hard you all the time. You may not. Oh, there's definitely days where I go in on, and I tell John Mark as soon as I walk in the door, I'm like, "Hey, I'm sandbagging it today." Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. So if I'm, but I think that's the culture now. Looking slower. Like, don't. I would rather people te- come and tell me, like. Hey, I'm not feeling it today. As soon as they walk in the door, that's how people do it. Like, it's awesome. I'm like, cool, great. Let's just go to about, like, let's make sure your RPE is at an eight. And then, which we didn't, so RPE. That was probably the next big piece. And I would say, before we go, we're going to have maybe 10 more minutes. Sorry. That's your strength. That's your strength measurement. That's I your, feel like that was probably the next best aspect to the development of goat because we knew that we needed strength, and we were doing three by fives. And you were sick of losing people, based upon a num an arbitrary number that was based upon. Well, then no, I think that was at the, the beginning. That was at the beginning. So oh, that was okay. that was at the beginning. We were like, we were like, hey, we're gonna set these. <laughs> she said something. Woo! Um, at the beginning, we were setting these numbers, and then it was just the people that stuck around. Yeah. So those people never came back. So sorry. I would love so to come have you back. come back, please. Check it but, out. It's a little bit different. Um, yeah. The next part is I we. I took it personally. Yeah, Laura definitely <laughs> took it personally quite a bit, and she'd come home and like be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're not there." Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I'd be like, "We're I fine." I should bring them cookies. Yeah. Yeah, those cookies are good. Um, we're, we're, but, drink, we're drinking and eating. So cookies, then we so. developed and we started going um, to some of the strength work. And we were like, we've got to do more strength. 
we just don't know how to do it. So then we started to learn more and more. And yeah. Laura's going to start strong first. I'm going to starting strength. And we're, we're really developing, figuring out, and we're learning from the best. And it's been incredible. But then we didn't know how does this apply? Because this is like all powerlifting people. Like we're learning from all these amazing powerlifters that know how to get people strong. But we just didn't know how to apply it to a bunch of people that just want to do things outside. And so now we've got endurance athletes and we got to figure out how to actually apply this. And so then Jordan, who's my coach now, he and some his coach actually developed this idea of rate of perceived exertion, which is actually like a cycling it's actually a cycling method. So their rate was on a zero to 20. So they would actually tell their cyclists, the coach would tell the cyclists, okay, I want you to go out and you're going to go do your effort and you're going to go anywhere from a zero to a 20 and I want you to be at an 11 or a 12. And so they would go, well, these power lifters took some of the same methods and said, hey, maybe we could do this and we could actually, you know, take it to where you're zero to 10 because what's happening is that all these people are posting things and telling people this is how you should lift and you should do a three by five or you should do a three by eight. But the reality is they were not a prescription. They're a recording of what they did. So the difference is you have people that were strength people that were like, hey, here's a recording. And then certain people were saying, oh, well, this is what I need to do. Well, the problem is if you just do what you need to do and what you're supposed to do on that day, you're probably going to injure yourself at some point. And so we saw that it was super beneficial to actually look at the RPE method and you kind of in the back of your mind always asking yourself, how much more do I have in the tank? Am I actually going to the appropriate effort that I need to be going for that day? Am I sleepy? Am I tired? Am I stressed? Am I super fatigued because I went for a skin in the you know on a Thursday night sip and ski for two hours, and now I'm coming to a Friday morning you know class and and I think in reality there is this self regulating ideal in our gym that helps with people that are doing a lot of volume of work that are not always just in the gym because they're doing a lot more than just lifting. And so I that think was... It, I'm going to say something. Yeah, it's great. I Welcome. Think it works really, Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it works really well for someone that's a patroller, like a Becca or a Sunny or an Amy that works five days a week on the mountain yeah. and their quads are toast because they've been running rigs. And then they come into the gym and they're supposed to lift. And if you require them to do a three by five at their maximum weight. Or the weight that they did last week. Right. It, the weight they did last week may not be the same as what they should be doing this week. They can still push themselves at an at eight, but it may be like the intensity still there because of the amount of volume they've done yeah. that week just on their skis. And the I, number just changes. The number just changes, and it doesn't matter. The exertion does not change. Exactly, yes. But the number changes. Yeah, yeah. So, so on that note, yeah. is there, from any of these certs, is there research on the exertion level that is what 
is getting you yeah, stronger so it's or the, is it it's the, the actual the effort weight? Yeah, so, so the, it's the actual so effort. the effort is what makes you stronger, yeah. not so much the Correct. weight that's on your back. So the adaptive stress, so we're trying to actually stress the body to the appropriate amount. And if you overstress the body, it's going to have a negative response. If you understress the body, it's not going to have a response at all. So we've got to get, you know, kind of in that range and kind of in that range of, you know, 65, 70 to 85% is kind of where the most strength affects happen. Um, and so we don't do one rep maxes. We don't do lots of reps anymore because it doesn't have the most strength effect. We're trying to get... And in, we have a limited amount of time. Yeah, right. Yeah. And we have a small amount of time. So we're trying to... Ma like, we're trying to take those four lifts, apply those to someone, and we're going to do some supplemental lifts that will actually, you know help with those lifts, but, um, and what I mean by supplemental lifts are, you know, I have someone do a back squat, I have them do a deadlift, I have them do a press and a bench press, but in reality, they might, they might be doing other lifts that actually aid those, um, but we don't do those all the time, but in reality, I'm trying to get them to get better at those lifts, and it might not play in some perfect plane to where they're continuing to go better and better and better and better and get better, it might be a squiggly line. So my RPE8 might have been 250 pounds this week. The next week, it might be 230 because I'm fatigued, tired, whatever. Is so, that your bicep curl? Yeah, that's just my <laughs> bicep curl. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you squat then? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing. You should come watch. Um, <laughs> I've seen you actually in a wonderful outfit. And you know what's amazing? <laughs> this is so good. Okay. I got to take a little side note. So, Mark actually. Um, you showed brought up, yourself into this one. Too. Mark so showed up. Girl. Mark showed up at, uh, was it a week before Christmas? Yeah, I was in the holiday spirit. Yeah, he was in the holiday spirit. And he showed up in an amazing elf costume, pretty much. Or would it just be elf a, the movie? Or? It was a, no, it was a green and white, onesie? like, like onesie that you would wear to bed and if it was, you were a child. <laughs> and, was it in the children's section? Uh, I don't know uh, where it was purchased. Um, well, wait, my mother-in-law purchased it. It looks so good because he's for, got a gigantic ass, and it's uh, so amazing. And it's it's so second nice. it's second to mine. Yours but, is pretty great. But um, but the deal is, he's <laughs> squatting. I take a photo of it, and I'm not kidding. Chad Brasington <laughs> said, who's one of the strongest guys in our entire gym, he said, you know, I really, I saw that picture of Mark in, in his squat form and his outfit, and you could really see all the lines in his hip crease getting over the knee. It was awesome. It was so good. And so all I'm saying is, Chad, Thinks you got a great squat. Thinks you've got an amazing squat. And I told him, though, once you added <laughs> any weight to that squat, it started to go to crap. But Yeah, um, that was totally... <laughs> yeah. Those are fake weights for the photo. Um, back to where we were, Becca, sorry. Um, <laughs> the the question, five minutes, and then... Five minutes. <laughs> what are you saying? I don't know. Bob That's why I put my hand up. <laughs> You put this. Yeah, you, know, you have to so say anything. Just, you just yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> it is. 
It is whatever it's going to be. Um, so but back to Becca. So we're talking about RP, and then right. So let's and then you asked me something else after that. There was something besides RP. Oh man, really? Splat. No. So th- so I actually. What did I ask you? Hold on. Let's think. About it. Oh, critiques at the gym, and then so critics at the gym, yeah. and 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 what would be what would be the critiques of our gym? Um, I think people are afraid of the bar, and they hear that we have bars at our gym. I, th- I would say that, you and then they machines. they hear so so they hear that we have bars at our gym, and you have to lift weights, and I think that like is intimidating. Bars with like tequila or bars with uh, a barbell. Sorry, thank you. So um, they hear that we have barbells at our gym, and it's very intimidating. Um, the The funny thing is, is that the barbell is actually safer method than anything we've ever used. Am I right, Laura? I mean, it's I kettlebells are great, um, dumbbells are great. They can be very um, cumbersome getting them to the position where you need to get them to. But I can actually have someone in a rack with a light bar um, and I can progressively load them in a method that's very incredibly safe. Well, I'll say I, so I teach the women's class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And on Tuesdays we do barbell work. And on Thursdays we do kettlebell work. And the Tuesday class is, I won't say it's easier to teach, but form is easier with a barbell. And it's also easier to see progress. So we do kettlebell. I call it kettlebell conditioning because I can't really see from week to week necessarily a big jump or change for people because kettlebell increments are so different from... Well, it I mean, like jumps from like 10, 10 Right, pounds. and I can add a one and a quarter on someone's bench press, and right. that's, a, that's a jump for them. Right. Whereas, or like for... I feel like for a female, sometimes a one and a quarter on each side is a big jump in a press, whereas a kettlebell, when I go from an 8K to a 12K, I mean, that's a huge jump, and that may take months to get there. So I I enjoy teaching barbell stuff a little bit better because you see progress differently. Kettlebell work, to me, ends up becoming more like a conditioning kind of skill work uh, rather than actually seeing a strength progression. It takes a lot more time to be better. It's interesting, this week I actually included swings on a couple things and I had to teach some people that have been coming to the gym for months and I've never taught them swings. I was like, holy crap. Like, it's wild. It's such a, anything with kettlebell, there's such dynamic movements most of the time. Yeah, right? So you're asking for a It's closer to powerlifting as far as like, a power clean, you're, a snatch. Oh, you're there's, saying it's weight, more, weight yeah, lifting. it's more, more, more power lifting. Yeah. Weight lifting, power lifting is the other, yeah, anyways, yeah. Totally. And it's tef- technique driven for sure. Yeah. It's kind of on that same realm. Um, and, and so the other critique would be that we have a lot of fit people that come to our gym, like an insane amount of people that come to our gym. But pe- a lot of people don't know about the 60, 70 year olds. They have no clue. Until they, that's because really they look large, like they're 40. <laughs> no, we have a really big population of 60 to 7-year-olds, and they may not all do classes. They may mostly do one-on-ones. Um, but when they assimilate into a class, it's great. It's been amazing to watch. And we, I mean, we try as much as possible. We, we try to shut things down to where you could just come into a class. 
And I don't know if that's good, especially if they're young people, they're probably more resilient and they can come into a class and it's no big deal. But if they're older and they're uncomfortable and they've never walked into a gym, like that's, that's very intimidating. And so it's been fun to see some of these older folks walk into our gym. We teach them the lifts and they just assimilate right into the whole world. And they're getting like, I have a guy that's how old? Is Craig? Sixty-seven. He said, "I feel better than I have in forty years." Like, that's that's good news. Unbelievable. He's like, my back doesn't hurt. That means he was in his thirties. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh, he's sixty-seven. He's in his twenties. Twenty-seven. Yeah. That's a long time, especially for you, Bob. I I hear a lot. I can still make it. You know, not so much at work because you know, but a lot of times either at work or just around town, people are like. Oh, you go to that go gym, right? Like, I need to get in shape before I before go. Before I go, and I'm like, yeah. no, you don't. I'm like, just job. You know, like, when I feel like that's where the RPE has really helped, right? Because everybody is different. I also feel like with our cardio programming, we've moved to a watts per kilo program. And I feel like that has transitioned and help. instead of saying, okay, everybody needs to hit this 2000 meter row in this amount of time. Now we work more in a watts like, per kilo range, yeah. which helps your small people. Yeah. Cause you know, it's based upon were, your body. Exactly. So like a small person shouldn't be expected to pull the exact same amount as a person that's got 50 pounds on them. That that's not fair because their watts per kilo might be higher. I mean, Amy Reynolds, probably the strongest person- Pound for pound. In the gym, other than you, Bob. This has made me consider wanting to lose weight. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but, 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 but <laughs> not yet, not yet. We're gonna have that nutrition, <laughs> we're gonna have that nutrition conversation on another podcast. But I feel like it's really even the playing field yes. for people. You know, you would walk into the gym yeah. and it's never, it's not like, Okay, every female, you need to hit this amount of meters and this amount of time. It's it's a different. It's a better game. scale. To, it's a better scale to base your perceived exertion. Well, the big guys are like, oh no, that's oh, exactly crap. what's happened, which is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> it's been awesome. It's fantastic. Amy Reynolds is pulling the same per kilo as someone who's yes. six foot four and weighs two hundred yes. pounds. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I think there is some intimidating pieces, but I don't think people, I think what, what's intimidating is the way that we used to do things and that now things are not near as intimidating if they just walk in the door. Like I had a guy yesterday come in, um, first time old athlete, like really good mover, but he's had tons of injuries. And I think he started to realize towards the end of the session, he's like, Oh, well, so it's kind of like I'm just doing like a personal training session, but with other people. And it's really cool because those other people motivate you while you're doing it. Everybody's kind of on their own wavelength and on their own aspect, but they're not. But we might have one person doing a three by five program because they're brand new. And then the other person is doing an RPE program. And this person, they've had some shoulder stuff going on. And so they're going to be doing that. Like everybody's all over the boat. Well, that's so. what's cool um, from my, my perspective is that you have so many people that are dedicated to coming to go that 
they are fairly self-sufficient, like other than getting the workout and like having the programming done, they know what lifts they're doing. Yeah. And so there is time for people who show up unannounced for the first day. Right. And they either can have some assistance. Well, well they start it's, off it's with assistance amazing. from you or Laura. And then from that point on, like sometimes they get put in the same rack as somebody else. And there's, there's knowledge there that has been passed on. Right. It's not just the blind leading the blind. Yeah, and it really we've is a community. Taught, and, yeah. we've, and we've taught people. Like, that's what's amazing. I want to educate the people that come to our gym. I don't, I don't want them. I want them to know. Yeah, right? <laughs> I want them to know why we do things. So that's why I do my long talks at the beginning of class. When I always say that, the women's class is they're learning because I want them to be able to walk into any gym any class and feel confident in what they're doing. And if they don't, I haven't done my job, right? right? They should be able to do any movement and, and feel really confident, good yeah. with what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. So you guys are, you had one more thing you wanted to ask yeah. me, I could tell. We do, yep. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Last, last, last questions. Like one minutes. more minute. <laughs> Just kidding. So how, how many years have you guys owned the gym? Mm, three. Three? three. Yeah. And over those three years, what kind of, I guess, kind of principles have you guys developed for, for the gym yourselves? Yeah, so it's interesting. We originally wrote down, like, all these principles that we had, you know, for the gym. And I, a lot of them we're going to have to revisit over probably the next year. I think we need to revisit some of them and really – really look at are these things that we really want to tote as our you know goat gym approach your pillars yeah our pillars or your spires and yeah you and need 10 of them i don't know if we need 10 do you need 10 i don't, I don't know, know. you supposed to like if you had eight would that be okay <laughs> i think i mean you guys have done your own thing might as well just do your own thing Create as many as you want. Yeah, I'm gonna have start having certs and, like six and a half. I'm gonna have my own seminar and certs. I'm into it. Yeah. But what are your Could principles? you guys be my okay, sorry. Um so the one, um, the gym is not a sport, which I think we've kind of established in this one. Um the other one is trust the process, which I still love that one. Which is very important. I think, I think. it's incredibly important, especially because um you're walking into an environment where you have to understand that we're 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 not it's not just a one off workout. Like we're not it's just trying process. to, it's, yes, like it's not just, hey, we're going to give you a really hard calorie burn, make sure you put that in your lager and, and then, and then you're good. Well, like, it's a process and it's a, we come home and we talk about every single person that comes to the gym every day. Yeah. And we, no matter who it is, we talk about how is this person doing? What's this person feeling? How did this lift go for that person today? Like, it's a process for us, just as it is a process for them, and we're, we're involved. Right. It's not come in, do your workout, and see ya, we don't know who you are. It's... Like, we... Right, you know, every, you know everyone's numbers. We've you talked about every numbers. single... We've talked about each of you multiple times. And so. you guys, you know, you celebrate people. Bob, don't worry, it's on other... other uh, about Progress, other things. Emotional. Right? Emotional. <laughs> It's well, okay. Yeah. Um, Bob Bowen talks about you. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is. It, it, there's like this idea, Becca, that we 
um, we want to see things develop and we know that we're heading down a path. And if people can just see that we're, that there's, and I, that's why I do the whole conversation at the beginning of a class. I want them to know that it's not just, Hey, burn a bunch of calories and sweat because there's more to it than just that. And so there's a long term goal. Um, the other one is the, which believe in yourself. Um, we have a lot of people that are beat down mentally. Um, this probably needs to be a whole different conversation, but, um, we have a lot of people that don't believe that they can do the things that they can do. And it's amazing to watch them lift a weight that they did not believe that they could do hit a number on the, on the rower that they, that they weren't able to do last week, that they were able to hike and climb and hike all the way up to Eagle's Nest for the first time in their life. They were able to pick up their kid without pain, like just things like that, that are, we start to see that people are believing that, um, they're more than just, um, a person living in the Valley, that they are pretty important and they're important to us. And so, um, <laughs> I don't want to get into the, uh, we should probably have this as an actual podcast, uh, just a single podcast about recovery. That yeah. would actually be great, but um, we could, we should actually, research. yeah, we should, we'll do some research for that one, but, uh, I'm going to get some science based. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I'm going to get some emotional, <laughs> but I think we should have a podcast just specifically on, um, training and recovery and overtraining. I think what's it would the be, commandment? Um, well, She's no, we're not done. So, no, no, no. But what is that? Is, what that, is that one, one, that, that actual one is there's no such thing as overtraining, just under recovery. Okay. Perfect. That's all I want to know. Yeah. So <laughs> next one. Yeah. Um, the other one is strict is stronger. I um, 100% agree with that. And I, I, I think I still, there's some nuanced, let me use that term, Jordan. Um, there's some nuanced things about that, that I don't, um, there is an efficient way to lift. I'll say it that way. There's an efficient way to lift. And typically that that efficient way to lift is going to use more muscle mass and get you stronger. And I think for the athlete that we work with or the person we work with, strict is stronger translates better to what they do, yes. for sure. right? We're not working 100%. with power lifters. We're not working with weightlifters. Right. We're working with Nordic skiers, downhill right. skiers, mountain bikers, runners, moms, dads. Yeah. Your right. normal everyday person that probably just needs to lift efficiently and with correct form to help with their everyday life. Right. Yeah, for sure. Which at some point we need to have like a whole form, like conversation, which yeah. injury and form and pain science conversation, but that's a whole different story. But, um, don't compete, inspire. Um, I, I love this one. I am inspired by every single person in this room, which is awesome. Um, except for you, Shiner. Um, I'm inspired by her. She knows when people are in pain. She, she does, does, right? Yes, you're exactly right. She is very um, intuitive. <laughs> It's a dog, by the way. It's a dog. Can we use her to see if people are working to their RPD? Yes, she would know. She'd start whining if you were not. She'd be like, oh, no, no, no. 
Uh, you're lazy ass. <laughs> she goes like this. Um, but I, I get, I really do believe that good people, um, if should hang out with good people, like in reality, like if you need to surround yourself with people that continue to challenge yourself, um, if you don't hang around people that challenge you, then you need to get new friends. Um, and because you're going to become better. You're going to become a better person. You're going to become, they're going to ask the hard questions and they're going to push you in the gym also. So um, pick what you, I don't know. I, um, pick what you hate. This is probably, this is definitely one I'm going to get rid of. This is one that's been in part of the gym for a long time. I don't really care if you pick what you hate. I want you to enjoy the gym. I want you to have fun. You're going to have to admit you, you were wrong pick on that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to be wrong. I'm going to be wrong. You need to pick what you need because in reality, but also what you need a lot of times is what you hate. Yeah. Like it's a challenge. A lot of times. I said a lot of times. I said a lot of times. That was the term. Okay. A lot. But I need the bike. But I don't hate the bike. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was totally wrong on this one. And, and I actually brought this up the other day. Um, if somebody is a biker, do they really need to spend much time on the skier? Like that's a, that's not fun. Well, I think a good example, like Julie, she hates the rower, right? Yeah. And we have seen her hop on the skier. She loves it. And she crushes the skier. She sees progression. And she, she loves yeah. it. She sees progression. She wants to do it. She wants to work hard on it. And if you can find something that you want to work hard on, it's going to push you. Right. If you hop on something and you hate it, you're going to sit there and you're going to think about how much you hate it. Maybe yeah. just and add yeah. the caveat sometimes in there. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But sometimes Do you probably... Do things you don't like sometimes. <laughs> yes, because they're probably good. But, but I, was think, I think that's what I was saying. A lot of the people that are showing up in the gym are already saying that they're, they're going to have to do some things that they probably don't like. It's a good. It's a good philosophy. Do something you don't like yeah. to do, but maybe not. Maybe not. It shouldn't be required. N yeah, not required. Yeah. Oh, God bless you. For Last one. God laugh you. at yourself, which, um, I'm, thanks, guys. I love laughing at you. I love and laughing myself. at you. It's yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> great. And I think that's the end of our podcast. Thanks. No way. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Boom. Laura, thanks for. Yeah.